Happy Easter, Whitewater. Come on now, this is an exciting day. Yeah, I am so pumped to be here. I see a bunch of faces uh, that I don't even know. And so welcome. Um, one of the ways we like people to understand what our community is about is this place you can belong before you believe. And uh, it means you don't have to believe exactly what I believe to come and build relationship and start exploring faith. Um, now, uh, I wanted to just introduce myself to those of you I don't know and that I get to look forward to, to meeting and getting to know at some point. Uh, but my name is George. I'm one of the pastors here. And, um, and I've, I've, got a, I've got a family. I'm 35 years old. Um, my family is, consists of my wife, Sarah, who I will not mention her age, but she looks much younger than me. Um, I have a daughter who's five years old and is hilariously awesome. She's in an awesome stage right now. And then I've got a son, Wesley, who's a miracle baby. He's uh, seven months old. Doctors didn't think we'd be able to have another one, and we did. God gave us Wesley, and we couldn't be more excited. So that's my family. And uh, my daughter's at this really fun age where she's like learning to like do things for herself or at least try to do things for herself. So, uh, you know, anything from helping mom make food and bake food, getting her clothes all folded and ready. She just loves like doing things. And uh, she's recently learned how to uh, pour her own cereal and take care of her own cereal. She came up the other day and said uh, to us, she was like, man, the, the Cheerios were awesome today. Just that kind of joy, you know. And my wife was like, why were they so good? And she's like, I think it was because of the coffee milk. And we were like, coffee milk? And then we, we figured it out. She had pulled the half and half from the lower shelf. And I mean, that's a very Bedlian thing to do. That does make the Cheerios better. I love it. So um, anyway, so glad to see you here. It's Easter. This is the day that Christians and the Christian tradition and Christians all around the world are celebrating the resurrection, the new life that God has given to his creation through Jesus. This is the day that Jesus stepped out of the tomb, stepped out of death, and he actually kicked down the door of death and evil, Satan, sin, so that we could have a path to God. It's a day of great celebration, and I couldn't be more happy than to celebrate it with everyone that's here. Um, I want to jump right into our, our, our sermon today. Um, in the book of Isaiah, it says these words. It says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. <clears throat> We've left God's paths to follow our own path. There's this reality in scripture that it really paints this picture that, there, that God, the creator, who made this creation, had creation turn from him, begin going its own way, even with at the very beginning with uh, the original uh, humans, Adam and Eve. And uh, that has just been the storyline throughout all history. People finding a way to turn and do their own thing, go their own way. Um, all of us have left God's paths, it says. I, had a, I went to Bible school. Uh, it was an international Bible school in, in England, and I went to Austria. But when I was at this kind of global, in this global community, there was this American boy uh, a friend of mine and uh, this German girl who locked eyes at the very beginning of school and the American boy knew it was it was love at first sight I mean this was his girl and she thought it was love at first sight until about two weeks into it she realized that it wasn't like forever love and decided to end their dating relationship after two weeks because they started dating immediately and uh, it was crushing for this American friend of mine just crushing and one day he waited for her at the at the back of the lecture hall you know as romantics like to do waited for her and she uh, came back this german girl and um he he said look at netta i feel like i'm god 
Okay, just let me take a moment there. Whenever we start a sentence and it says, I feel like I'm God, the rest of the sentence is not going to go well. Okay, can I, I'm just going to put that up front. So he goes, I feel like I'm God and, and you're God's people running away from me, turning your back on me. Her friends are like, he's not God, run, you know, run. And, you know, she's like, who do you think you are? You know, and she's just like, she ran away and it was good. And it was a good example that like, that is a great example of going the wrong way down a bad path, is it not? And sometimes we can start even using the Bible for uh, what it's not intended for. Um, all of us, it says, go our own way. We've left God's path to follow our own. I had a friend... Um, a more personal note, a friend who uh, had just an incredible uh, f- life. He had some really amazing things going on. He had some uh, awesome uh, plans for his future. And then life started to unravel. Um, his marriage began to unravel. His um, personal life, his work life, his ministry life began to unravel. And uh, as that was happening, more, more and more things in his life began to kind of tear apart at the seams. And there were some things that he began to keep secret, some things that he began to struggle with addiction-wise. And um, I remember talking with him. He said, George, I, I look in the mirror and I don't even recognize myself anymore. And he wasn't, he wasn't liking who he was becoming, but this was the path that he was on. Circumstances and choices and this, and this just a um, mixture of things that hit him. And he started down a path that was destroying who he was. And um, many of us have to watch our friends and family go down paths that we know are just going to hurt and destroy and, and bring destructive, destructive patterns. Many of us sitting here have been or are currently on a path that is running from God. Um, the Bible gives us this story that many of you will know. It's this like it's one of the most amazing stories. It's it's a parable that Jesus gave, but it really is describing this reality of how how we love to run, but often when we put our eyes on something, what we think is going to give us the life we want, the significance we want, the security we want, when we run toward that, we often are running from God, and we're running from the very thing that we need. And and Jesus gives the picture of that, one of the most amazing stories that has echoed through the centuries called the prodigal son i want to focus on just the beginning of this story i just the story of the father and his son so it starts off like this it says a man had two sons the younger of them said to his father father give me the share of the estate that i have coming to me and so basically he's saying like uh you know i i I want the inheritance i should get the inheritance when you're dead i wish you were dead could you just give it to me now great son right Good, good relationship here. So the father does uh, what he asks. He says, so he distributed the assets, the inheritance to them. And uh, not many days later, the, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country. Father does what is not expected in this time or in this culture and actually grants the request of that son. Normally, uh, it would say, like, you're ashamed of my family. And there would be uh, there would be an ousting or an exclusion from the family because of a request like that. But the father does the unexpected thing, gives the inheritance, and then the, the son runs away to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living and after he had spent everything a severe famine struck that country and he had nothing 
Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. In Jewish culture at this time, like going and feeding pigs would have been like, like the worst thing. It would have been an anathema. It would have been like, you know, that guy's cursed because that was a, that was a, a food and an animal that they're not supposed to be around religiously. And in verse 16 it says, he longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. And in this beginning of the story, we see this pattern that I think is so human. I mean, you tell me, and you think about this, if this is something that you see in humans. But to me, when I read this story, I see this pattern over and over and over again. In this story, we see the son beginning this pattern. He, he stops believing. And if you have your notes and you want to take notes out there, you can start taking notes. He stops believing that he needs his father's love. He stops believing that he needs his father's love. And then when he stops believing that, he runs from belonging. He, lo- he runs from belonging to his father. Like, this is the pattern. He stops believing, then he runs from belonging. And then three, he, be- he becomes someone else. He becomes somebody he never thought he would become. Somebody he never thought he would be. Uh, this, is the, this is the pattern my friend went through. Went through at some point with all the things going on in his life, he started down this path because he stopped believing at some point that he needed the father's love or was worthy of the father's love. And then he stopped belonging and he ran away from his faith. He ran away from uh, from the community of faith. And then he became someone he thought he'd never be. When he looked in the mirror, he wouldn't even recognize himself at times. And I, I believe there are people sitting here today that that is part of our story and everybody is seeking a place to belong everybody is looking for something to believe and everybody is looking for a person they want to become who are we becoming all of us have straight away we've all left god's paths to follow our own now in this next scene in this next scene it's really really powerful listen to this it says verse 17 when he came to his senses Uh, He said, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food? And here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up. I'll go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. So he didn't believe that he could become a son again, but like becoming a servant, taking on the shame, going back home, having people gloat, having people say, look, we knew this would happen. We told you. What were you thinking? All the I told you so's and you're not like you deserve this. He was willing to go back to that and be a servant outside of the family quarters because it was better than the life he was living at that time. He came to his senses. I love those two lines in there. In verse 17, when he came to his senses. In our day and age, we might say when he hit rock bottom. When he came to the end of his rope. When, when, when like he had a moment of clarity. Verse 20 says, so he got up and went to his father. I love that. There's this turning point in the story. He comes to his senses. And he gets up and goes to his father. Some people have been down so long. They've not got the strength or they've forgotten how to get up. And today I want to talk to you about the journey home. 
that, that, that we have a God who is the heaven, is the father in this story. We have a God who longs for us to come home. In this next scene, it says this, Luke 15 says, but while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with what? Filled with love. Filled with compassion. I love that while he was a long way off, he saw him. In this story, it's telling us that the father was looking for the lost son. He would spend time in his day looking for the son who everyone else thought had dishonored him, was foolish, was a sinner, was untrustworthy, like didn't deserve to come home. The father didn't care. He would always look for that son who would run off. He was always looking. And when he saw him, he was filled not with anger, not with the feelings of, oh, look at this dishonorable wretch. He was filled with compassion. It says he ran to him. He ran in this day and age and in the Middle East, Middle Eastern men, heads of a household would never run. That was like not honorable. It was not uh, it was just not the way that they would do things. He would never run. And this man throws all the all the customs to the wind and he runs to his son. He threw his arms around his neck and he kissed him. You ever been kissed by your dad? My dad's got a big beard. Like it's, it's, I mean, way bigger and scratchier than my beard. I imagine it's like how my daughter feels when I kiss her. But it's just like, oh, dad, no, no. And he'll still kiss me sometimes. Like I can see he'll get like emotional of my kids and he'll be like, see you later, son. I'm like, oh, no, no. And just, but there's a part of me that's like, but that's my dad and I love him. And this dad throws, He's kissing his son, hugging his son. He can't believe his son is still alive. Verse 21, the son said to him, Father, I have, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned in your sight against you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He goes into the spiel, into the speech that he's been practicing because he knows he's not worthy. So he receives the hug, receives his father, but then he starts with the speeches. But the father, fully ignoring his son, tells his servants as his son's giving this stupid asinine speech that he doesn't care about. He says, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals for his feet. Then bring the fattened calf, the fat one, and slaughter it. And let's celebrate. What's happening in here is he's restoring his son to sonship. To being a son again, which has all the legal, has all the love, and has all the, the, the cultural um, realities to it. Get him a robe. Get him a, a robe that my son would wear. Get him a ring that says, this is my son. He's part of my family. He's part of my household. Put sandals on him. Clean him up a little bit. And kill the fattened calf. That means that they're going to have a party not just for their family, but for the whole village. The village who's probably judged this son doesn't wouldn't make it didn't, wouldn't make sense that this father would welcome back. But this this father doesn't care. Invite the village today. I want them to see this. And the, and the, here's the line. He says, "We must celebrate with a feast because the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found." And so they began to celebrate. Isn't that an incredible story? This is Jesus trying to tell a story that in some way it captures the Father's heart. That God the Father loves uh, 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 the world that he sees with lost, 
sons and daughters who are running into more and more destruction. He's wanting them to come home. And so I want to give you three eternal truths that you have to know about the Father. That this story is begging us to understand about the Father's love. Three eternal truths. And the first one is this. God chases us down no matter what road we've been down. God chases us down no matter what road you or I have been down. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him filled with compassion and he ran to him. He didn't care what road he'd been down. He didn't care at all. He ran at his son. And if you look, if you looked at the scriptures, and I, I don't know your spiritual journey. I don't know where you've been. Maybe you know the Bible. You've memorized it. Maybe you've never cracked it open or, or you know, opened it once in a while. Can't make heads or tails of it. But if you start reading the scriptures, and especially in the New Testament, you see the uh, the story about the God who sent His Son Jesus, and He and He sends people, and He sends His Spirit. He's a God who sends uh, uh, His Spirit and Jesus to meet people right where they're at. It's, it could be called the, 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 the book of the God who meets people on the road right where they're at. I mean, there's a guy named Saul who hated the church. He, and he was on this path of religious pride. And he, and he wanted to exclude people who are following Jesus because he was following all the Jewish customs. And he's like, surely God couldn't be doing anything through Jesus. And so he started persecuting the church, persecuting God's movement of people, fighting the God that he claimed to be serving. And he had anger. He was a man on fire. And he was excluding people. He had, he, he had this path that he was on. And God met him on the road right where he's at, threw him on the ground, had to blind him to, so he could listen. And said, why are you persecuting me? And transformed Saul so that he became one of the greatest missionaries and became a guy named Paul. Doesn't matter what road you've been down. God will chase you down. There was a man named Zacchaeus that God met on the road. Jesus is walking through Jericho and all of a sudden looks up in this tree and this short little man that no one would let get to the front because he was a tax collector. He, he was on the path of selfishness and greed and and no one wanted to be around him. He climbs this tree because he just wants to get a glimpse of Jesus, a glimpse of what God's doing. And Jesus looks up into this tree. And I don't want to I don't want to like ruin your image of this story if you know this, but but Middle Eastern men wore a lot of robes. And then Jesus looks up into this tree. And you know the line if you know the line in scripture he's like, "Okay, Zacchaeus, get down from there. It's time to come down. No one wants to see that. Get down." I'm going to your house today. And Zacchaeus comes down. I love that story. And everyone's like, why is Jesus with? And God turns his life around with the moment of acceptance, love, and forgiveness. It's amazing. God meets us on the road. No matter what road you've been down, God's going to chase you down. There was another gal. There's a story of a, of a woman named Mary Magdalene. And she was on the road, on the path of spiritual darkness and sickness. She was... She was um, uh, possessed by eight demons like she wasn't even in her right mind she was demonically oppressed spiritual like real spiritual darkness and she was sick and then jesus met her on the road and jesus freed her from all that that spiritual darkness left she came to herself who had clarity and control over herself and jesus healed her body and her sickness and transformed her and she followed him the rest of her life in fact mary was with him all the way to the crucifixion and all the way to the resurrection he had a follower for life like what kind of power Changes people's lives so they, they, they go from that kind of spiritual darkness and pain and rejection and abandonment and, and all of a sudden are willing to give their lives to follow somebody who goes to a cross. 
What kind of power is that? It's the kind of power that says no matter what road you've been down, God will chase you down. There were some men that, that, that were disciples of Jesus and Jesus had died on the cross and, and, the, and they were, they were disappointed. They all of a sudden started walking down the path of disillusionment, disappointment, depression, because they thought that Jesus was the one. Their hope was in him and then he was crucified on a cross. The movement was over. Everything was done. All their hopes are gone. So they start moving uh, on this path, leaving Jerusalem, leaving the place of the cross, leaving in many ways the movement of God. And then Jesus meets him on the road. And then Jesus starts speaking to him. Didn't, didn't, and they don't recognize him yet. Because they don't, they don't expect to see him. So he's, he's talking to him on the road, the resurrected Jesus. And he starts saying, didn't, didn't the son of God have to die? And they're like, well, I guess you're right. And he's like, didn't the scripture say this? And he gives them this like, this, probably the best scripture Bible lesson that's ever been given. And we don't even know the details. But we know that all of a sudden their eyes were open, their hearts were open, and they recognized him. They're like, weren't our our hearts burning in our chests? And all of a sudden they're on this path leaving Christ's movement, leaving the cross, and they run back to Jerusalem, back to the place of the cross, and resurrection. Because it doesn't matter what road you're going down. God's going to chase you down. He's done that in my life. When I've gone down religious, judgmental paths, God's chased me down, turned me around from that foolishness. When I've gone down, been down spiritual darkness or I've been struggling or in pain, God has chased me down and brought me back. Uh, when I've been felt alone or depressed or uh, disillusioned with people and things, God has chased me down every time to turn me around. That is the God we serve. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you this if you were to meet god today if he were to chase you down today easter 2018 what road what path would he find you on what path would he find you on it doesn't matter to him i mean we think man i've got anger and i'm maybe on this path to uh maybe on the path of religious pride maybe it's the path of spiritual darkness or depression or disillusionment with life or religion or yourself. There's some people that have been on a road they have just been surviving. They've just been, like, it's all they can do to survive. That's your path. And you're like, man, I don't know if I can know anything different. I don't know if I can trust. You have to know there is a God who is always and actively chasing you. Um, I talked with a social worker friend of mine. So when she's working with some parents, there's kids that will sometimes, like, they've got these habits and, and they have these habits and the way they talk and the, what they do and how they run. And they, it's hard for them to receive love. And they're like, if they just let me love them, like then it, they would, it would help them. And they wouldn't have to act this way. And they could be freed from this. And they could start growing in ways they never knew if they would just receive our love. That's the foster families. And, and she's like, look, you have to understand. What, what your foster child is telling you by their actions is that all they've ever known is how to survive. Their words, their actions, their, the hurtful things they do to themselves and to you and to others. Like that's their survival instinct. That's what's kept them alive. That's what's helped them get through. That's all they know. So you have to keep pursuing them. Some of us have just been surviving. And today I want to, I want to call you out of just survival and onto the path of like life. Because the, the things that we've done to survive Maybe have helped us survive, but they won't help us 
move forward and have healthy relationships. There's things that we have to learn. There's things that we have to learn to let go of. Jesus pursues every single person. It says this in Isaiah, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have let God, left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him, on Jesus, the sins of us all. One of the ways God's pursued us was sending his son to die on the cross for our sins. This passage I'm reading is written hundreds of years before Jesus, predicting his death on the cross. Yet the Lord laid on him, laid on Jesus, all of our sins. All of us have gone astray, but all the sins and all the baggage and all the survival stuff and all the anger, all the just the sin, wickedness, hurt, pain that we have accumulated on the road is placed on Jesus. And Jesus walked the path of death and destruction so that we could walk a path of life. Jesus walked the path to the cross so that we can walk path to, to God's kingdom. Does that make sense? That, that's the exchange. We get everything good and Jesus took all and absorbed all the evil, all the hurt, all the pain. And there's an act of faith where we have to trust in that. At some point in our lives, we have to trust that God's work was done for us and that the Father who runs and embraces His Son, the Father who would run and embrace you and me, no matter what path we've been down, no matter what road we've been down, embraces us and pulls us in. That means that Christianity, the Christian faith, is for all. That means that God's love is for all. Some people might be like, really? Me? My life, George? Have you looked at it? Do you know me? All of us? Is, is Christianity really for me? Is God's love really for, for me? Am I, could I be worthy of this? That's like asking, like, is the sun's light just for the bright areas of our world? Or is the sun's light for both the bright and the dark areas of the world? You know, this, the world is always turning. And there's this dark aspect that's not facing the sun. But when it turns and faces the light, it becomes fully visible. So it is with God's love. Number two, God chases us down to turn us around. The son says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father says, get the robe, get the ring, get the sandals, get the feast going. This is my son. He chases him down. He runs at his son. When he's a long way off, he comes at him. And, and God the father chases us down so that we can change. I don't know if you've ever had someone run. They're on a path. Maybe it's the survival thing. It's addiction. It can be any path. And family members are pursuing and running after over and over and over. Why do they do that? Because they love them. Because they want them to turn around. And the father changes the pattern. Here's the pattern that changes. All of a sudden the son begins he gets up and goes to the Father. He starts belonging. He starts hoping that he could belong and be accepted by the Father. Maybe just as a servant. But he starts hoping and moving toward the Father. Belonging is walking towards the Father's love. And then he begins believing. And belief is, is actually receiving the Father's love. Receiving the Father's embrace. That's what the Son does. He receives his embrace. He receives the, the embrace of grace and forgiveness. And then, and then he starts becoming someone different than he was. He starts becoming the son, the son because he begins learning to live in the father's love. He starts putting on, he puts on the robe. He puts on the ring. He starts putting on sonship. And so he goes from belonging to belief to becoming. 
And those are the three movements of the heart. God is longing for us to become who he's created us to be. And I, I, wanna, I couldn't say this without, without mentioning. The father says, this son of mine, this is my son. And he ignores all the objections, all the defenses that the, the son lays up. And, and, and his, his being the father's son has nothing to do with the son's ability. It's all about the father's ability to love. And sometimes because we have limited love, we think that the father has limited love. So we limit his love. We limit his ability to come and embrace and restore us. But the father's love can't be bought. It can't be earned. It can't like he doesn't deserve it at all. The father just gives it. In every defense, Father, I, I've sinned and I don't deserve and I'm just a, I should just be a servant in your household. I shouldn't even live in your house anymore. And the Father's just like, I don't care what other people think about you. I don't care what you think about you. I don't care what other people think about me. You are my son. God is always looking for his lost sons and daughters. In fact, maybe the most important question that I could ask you today, maybe the most important question that you came here to hear today is this, do you believe in God's power to embrace and restore you? Do you believe that God can find you on your path and restore you? I want you to watch this video. I am Haley Henriksen. And I am Ben Evans. Going into our premarital counseling, agreed, like, oh, you know, church isn't for us. Like, we, we don't, we're open to going to it and exploring it, but we don't want to give up our Sundays. Um, and we were like, we'll never, you know, have our kids go to church. And we didn't grow up in religious backgrounds. So when we came here, we realized that, you know, we're not losing anything by going to church, just gaining a lot. And we're growing together. And just, it's so exciting to be a part of a community where everyone's so encouraging and that we can really grow and develop all together. I feel like oftentimes when you walk into church, it can be really overwhelming, especially with a larger church. And, you know, I don't think we felt that coming here. It's just very small and intimate and very welcoming. I've always been a little uneasy with church because I never had any kind of spiritual background. I had friends that would go to youth group, but I was looking at youth group as more of a social interaction. I didn't want to... I guess address faith. I don't know. It was almost intimidating. It wasn't until we started going like to this church really that I was like, okay, I'm gonna see if like this is for me. I'm an, very analytical, so I want to know all the answers. But I would ask a million questions to Scott and George, just saying, like, you know, well, what about this and what about this and what about that? And I, you know, eventually I ran out of questions. Eventually, I just got to a point where George sat me down and goes, you know, so what questions do you have? Like, what, you know, what questions can I answer, you know, answer for you? And I, I just went, I don't have any more. Like, I, I've, I've watched the documentaries. I've watched <laughs> movies. I've tried everything I can to figure out why I shouldn't. And then I couldn't find a reason. And then right then and there, it was kind of like he prayed over me while I kind of like said a prayer with him and just accepted Christ in my life. So, but I was like... Like shaking, I was like, "This is so crazy." You know, I never thought I'd get to this point, and uh, I can still talk about it now. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like it is, it's it's powerful stuff. I love that it's about like you can belong before you believe. That's how that's what got me because I've always felt like I don't belong in the church because I don't believe. So when I go to other services, I'm like, "Oh, you know, I don't, 
I just felt I just didn't feel as welcome. But I came here and I told George right off the bat, I'm like, you know, I'm exploring my faith. That's what I'm doing right now. I don't know if it's for me. I'm gonna find out though. And Whitewater was perfect for that because I came in. I didn't have to bleed right away, but I was still welcomed in with open arms. So, you know, I love coming to Whitewater now. It's feels like home. And I love, I'm, those are good friends of mine. I care about deeply. And isn't that an awesome story? That is the story of the prodigal son. Belonging, hoping that maybe there's a chance that this could be real and possible. Believing, receiving the Father's embrace and forgiveness, and then becoming the Son. And my friend Ben is on that journey. His fiance Haley. She's been helping him on that journey. And they're both, in many ways, just like any of us, we're on a path. What path are you on? Belonging, believing, and then becoming. Um, The last eternal truth I think you have to know about God is simply this. God chases us down, but we have to turn around. We have to choose to turn around. Like God can send people, He can send circumstances, He can... He can meet you in some amazing ways. He can be chasing you down. But until you decide to turn around, you're going to keep walking down that path. The, the, the son of the father had to come to his senses. He had to realize the road I'm headed down isn't working. We have to realize I can't keep heading down that road. I have to stop going down that road to addiction, that road of survival, that road of anger, of religious pride, whatever it is. I have to stop and I have to turn around. I love the line when he realizes it, comes to his senses, he got up and went to the Father. And so today I want to give you the invitation to get up and go to the Father. I want to give you an invitation and take taking a step of faith. And I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey. You do. What step of faith do you need to take? What step of faith is, is are you feeling called to take right now? Is it a step of belonging where you're beginning to to walk toward the Father's love, beginning to say, I'm going to explore, like my friend Ben, I'm going to start asking my questions. I'm going to start getting in community. I'm going to figure out if this is for real. I'm going to figure out if this is possible and begin belonging. Maybe you're taking a step to say, I'm going to start engaging and seeking. I'm going to come back to church. I'm going to get in community. I'm going to ask my questions. If that's you, I want to, I want to give you an opportunity to take a step of faith. If maybe, maybe you're here and you're like, I have been belonging. I have been asking questions. Or like, I, I feel like I'm ready for, for God's embrace. I'm ready to receive forgiveness. I'm ready to step into what Christians call salvation. Stepping into the arms of God and becoming a Christian. Becoming a follower of Christ. Believing is receiving the Father's love. And maybe you are ready today to take that step of faith. I want to give you an opportunity to take that step. And then some of you are here today and, and you've received God's love and maybe you've received it over and over, but, but you've, you've been, you've been afraid to put on the robe. You've been afraid to come into the party. You've been afraid to put on the ring. You've been afraid, you know, uh, to, to, to change some of the habits of your life and say, I am going to start stepping in to becoming a son. Becoming is beginning to live in the Father's love. Not only receiving it, but beginning to walk in His love as His son. Son, acting like the father's son and if that's you and you're like man i need to i need to make a commitment today a step of faith into becoming the son or daughter of god 
that I know he's created me today, I want to give you that opportunity um, right now. And so I'd ask you, if you are here, I don't know why you're here, if someone dragged you here, or this is your, this is your home church, but I know that each one of us can head down a path, and we have to turn. We have to choose to turn. So I'm going to ask if you want to take a step of faith into belonging, becoming, or, or, or believing, to, to pray about this. And if you want to believe and receive God's love and forgiveness for the first time, or you want to come back to him and receive that because you've run far away and you're ready to receive God's love, you're ready to take a step of becoming, would you pray this prayer? And normally I would have you bow your heads, but what I want to do is I'm going to put this on the screen. This prayer is on your notes, and I want to pray this prayer together. And you can pray this like super loud if you want, or like super quiet. But would you pray this prayer with me if you want to take an Easter day, resurrection, new life day, a step of faith. Would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I believe you are the only one who can save me and get me on the path of life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to walk the path of death, to die on the cross for my sins so that I could have life. Today I'm getting up, turning around, and running to you. The best I know how, I turn my life over to your care and control. Amen. Hey, that's something we can celebrate, friends. People took steps of faith. That is awesome. Now, um, in a moment, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray for people who are just taking steps of belonging. Maybe you're not ready to make a faith commitment like some of the people just did here. And that's okay. That's okay. You, you we're all on a journey. What's the next step for you? That's what we want to help you with. So I'm going to pray for you that God would bless you on your journey of belonging. But if you made a decision today, I, I, I want I want you to um, I want to just ask you to do this as a friend, as a pastor, someone who cares about you. We care about your growth. We care about your journey. Would would you if you made any step of faith, whether it's belonging, believing, or becoming, doesn't matter how long you've known Christ or not. Would you, would you mark on this connection card um, that, that you've, you've made a step of faith? This connection card should be on all the seats around you. Would you make this and, and turn it in? And if you want to be like super high tech about it, we've also got our virtual connection card. So if you want to, if you want to let us know that you, you made a step of faith, you can text in to uh, 33222 uh, WWPATH if you mark that on, on your text. If, you, if you're a texting savvy type person, where this isn't signing up for a bunch of emails to get sent to you at all. But we're, we want to help you grow. We're excited to see you grow, and we'd love to know that so we can be praying for you. It says that he came to his senses, and he got up and went to the Father. I'm going to be down here with some people that are ready to pray. If you're needing healing, if you're needing prayer for anything in your life, if you made a step of faith today, I'm, going to, I'm asking you, get up. Come with someone. Don't come alone. Come with someone. Maybe they brought you and said, would you come down with me? I want to pray with you if you made a major decision. If you want some of the other people to maybe pray with you, they will pray with you. We'll give you a Bible if, if this whole thing's new to you. But come down with someone during the next few songs and receive prayer. Receive God's prayer of blessing. And as a symbolic act, sometimes it's, it, when we move physically and we make a decision and we act on it, the outward uh, action is actually uh, it's a symbol of something deeper going on internally and he got up and went to the father so if you made a decision of, of belonging believing or becoming today 
Any one of you. Even if the whole room has to get up and get prayer, I don't care. Or if only one person needs it, I don't care. We want to pray for you. This is a symbolic act of coming forward to the Father. Amen? Amen. All right. So I'm going to pray. Michael's going to start leading us in worship. And, and when he starts leading us in worship, I want us to go crazy and celebrate. Because that's what they did. When, when the sons came home, they celebrated. Let's do that together. Let's cheer for one another. And if you're ready to come down and receive prayer, that would be awesome. Let me pray. Father, I pray a prayer of your blessing on my friends, on your friends, Lord. You love each and every soul. People who are, who are wanting to begin the, the, the process, begin the journey of, of belonging, I pray a special prayer of favor and blessing. Would you help them find you? Would you help them find answers? Would you help them um, move to a point of belief? Lord, and maybe even right now, maybe they weren't able to pray that prayer, but maybe even right now or through this service, they're ready to to step into faith. And if not, Lord, would you help them as they seek to begin finding what they're looking for? Um, Lord, we, we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.